0: This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Fraser Productions.
1: Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. I'm Renee Frazier, the founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned advertising and communications firm in Southern California, the largest in Southern California. At Fraser Communications, we specialize in changing behaviors to grow brands and to positively impact society in both the private and the public sector. My show, The Deciders, with Renee Frazier, features leaders in their fields and change agents in their communities. We ask people on the show to share their stories, reveal how their decisions impact everyday business as well as society, and we take on issues. We're talking now about aging. We've discussed Alzheimer's and dementia, but aging in general is going to be our subject today as we talk about the size of the aging population. By 2035, more than one out of every three Americans will be over 50 that's over 140 million Americans in 2035 and we all age if we're lucky you age right we don't like the alternative as the as people say but finding a way to age purposefully and finding a second or third career to solve the problems help the world that's something I think many of us aspire to I hope it's something many of you would like to consider in your next chapter well our guest today is vice president of encore.org that helps people over 50 or 60 find new purpose in life he headed the purpose prize Encore's program to recognize and invest in social entrepreneurs over 50 those were entrepreneurs who solve important social problems in their communities and in the country and around the world. He then conceived with them the Encore Prize, a competition for social innovators of any age to design new approaches to bring the talent of mature adults to big societal problems and working heavily with nonprofits. Let's welcome to the deciders, Jim Emmerman. Jim, welcome to the show. Hi, Renee. Glad to be here. You know, we see this aging of the population and sadly, I think many people when they hit 50 or 60 feel that their role inside an organization may be in jeopardy. We read a lot about ageism and unfortunately there are barriers in some cases, particularly with a high pace of technology for some older people feeling valued, if you will, in the workplace. I like Encore.org because you found ways to use older people so that they can be greatly valued and really have an impact. Tell us, first of about Encore, how it got started, and what its purpose is.
0: Encore was started by our founder and current CEO, Mark Friedman, um, back in the late 1990s. Um, And the idea then was really to focus on creating an organization that would bring baby boomers and older adults into work with children. And the first program that it started was something that is now um, run by AARP. And that program brought older adults into schools. Um, it put them in classrooms, uh, you know, as part time assistants to the teachers, um, helping teachers engage their students um, and help students learn to read It really particularly focused on reading. After the early years of Encore, um, It began to broaden its focus and uh, one of the programs that was uh, brought me there was something called the Purpose Prize. It was an effort to shine a spotlight on older adults who were doing something that was pretty unexpected in a way. starting new nonprofit organizations. I think that's great. Uh, You know,
1: I think, Jim, giving uh, uh, adults encouragement and uh, recognition, as you said, putting a spotlight on it. Many people think, my gosh, I'm 64, 67. What am I going to do next? But in reality, you you have so much wisdom. And uh, one of the phrases I like is you're just building momentum, right? You've got a lot of energy and a lot of experience and knowledge. And how do you take that momentum and put it into a new Solution, if you will, a new nonprofit. So that's what you were you were doing with the prize, right? So uh, people submitted the, could they win cash for the prize? Yeah,
0: we, yes, we gave out uh, five um, one hundred thousand dollar prizes the first year, mm-hmm. and we continued to give hundred thousand dollar prizes. um uh, You know, over a period of ten years, uh, we also recognized a second group, but not necessarily the winners, but. Um, essentially our finalists, and we gave them a designation of Purpose prize Fellows. All, all in all, we recognized uh, over 500 people um, and gave out something over... $5 million. That's what I read. I read that on the years. website.
1: Very impressive. Yeah. And I think you had over 10,000 nominations from 2005 on. So a lot of companies, yeah. a lot of organizations coming in. And we'll talk about some of those examples in a moment. But before we do that, though, I wanted to ask you about the fellowship program because I think that's of great interest to our listeners. Tell us about the Encore Fellowship.
0: Well, we started the fellowship program in 2009. Our idea was initially just to test a concept. And that was that people who had recently left a corporate role where they'd been there for maybe 25, 30 years could be interested in playing a key role in a nonprofit. And we wanted to figure out how we could attract people. Whether this would be an attractive proposition. Um you know, how we could create important roles for people um, and what, uh, you know, whether this could become something that could spread beyond an initial small pilot in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: The essence of, and and it did, it it was extremely successful with the first 10 people in Silicon Valley. um, The work that they did over the course of the year in nonprofit was really phenomenal in helping the nonprofits, Um, You know, solve a particular problem, start a new program, um, in some cases, serve as consultants and advisors to the CEOs. In some cases, they actually became interim CEOs themselves when a CEO was left for some reason Mm -hmm. or transferred to another place. Mm -hmm. Um, All kinds of really positive results. So we decided to continue it. Um, at the moment, it exists in about a dozen places in the U.S. Uh, several of those are run by Encore. Some of those are run by other uh, partners that we've found in the nonprofit sector. The essence of it is that we've identified nonprofits that would welcome the talent of somebody, uh, you know, in their 50s or 60s or 70s, um, who come primarily from a corporate background with Decades of corporate experience,
1: mm-hmm.
0: give them a key strategic role in the organization, um, compensate them, uh, you know modestly, mm-hmm. twenty five thousand dollars for a thousand hours, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know then uh, find the people and mm-hmm. match them. And then they're off to the races.
1: That's great. I think it's a good idea. Two comments. You find there are companies that when their older staff members are ready to retire, uh, they're willing to help them in this next stage of their career. So a sum of money to an organization like Encore to help place them in a nonprofit, as you're saying. The other thing I see is I'm very active in 2020 women on boards. A lot of senior women would like to have a role on a board. And it could even be a strategic role for the company they're leading. If you will. So sometimes companies will help with what we call a reverse board search. So they'll identify companies that are strategically linked to the company that they're a part of and then help to identify ways to get them introduced for board opportunities. Again, another chapter, if you will. But when you look at the fellowship program, how is it different than SCORE? Now, we have talked about uh, SCORE on this show as another avenue for people who want to give back their expertise. Uh, SCORE, as you know, is retired executives that go into largely nonprofits to help them get stronger and, and take advantage of the knowledge of these retired executives. Or in some cases, they have entrepreneur mentoring programs. In your case, it's nonprofits. How is it different, the fellowship, from the SCORE program?
0: Well, aside from the nonprofit, there's there are a couple of ways in which it's different, and there are definitely some ways in which it's similar. Um, uh, Just to to talk a little bit about the ways in which it's different, Um, a fellowship is a thousand hours. Uh, It's an ongoing relationship within the organization, carrying out a particular project from soup to nuts. Mm, So it's. Unlike SCORE, where people usually come in to help solve a particular problem or give advice around how a a small business is doing its work, Mm -hmm. Encore Fellows come in, assess the problem, develop a plan, and carry it out.
1: Got it. under, so it's a post, real project under, okay. from yeah, from start yes. to finish, and it's got a yes. specific parameters. And then a thousand hours is a lot more time than what a typical score yeah. person would have been in. I'm familiar, for instance, with score coming into nonprofits and helping to run the strategic planning process, right? Or yeah, a retreat right. with the board members and doing it at a very low cost. So I I see the difference now. I think that's a wonderful program. So people can apply for these fellowships and ideally they get their corporation to underwrite the cost of their fellowship is that how it works
0: Um, in some cases and that's that works in about a third of the cases Um, we also have uh, what represents at this point the majority of the fellowships which we call open market so we find people who are retired from a corporate background Uh, we have uh, a database of those people we have nonprofits that are looking for somebody to carry out a specific task uh, or project And the two of them apply, and we match them. Um, So there's no corporate sponsorship per se. Uh, The nonprofit actually pays the stipend uh, for the fellow.
1: So you do the matching. I see. And tell tell me, is this related to the Gen Gen program? Gen to Gen? Um, It's it's uh, related in some ways and some ways separate. Mm -hmm. Um, Gen
0: the Gen to Gen program um, is really an effort to bring together older adults um, with younger generations in a wide range of kinds of settings to help to have them work together for a common social purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, in its essence, um, that is what the Encore Fellowship does, because most of the nonprofits where they work are often composed to a large degree, or in some cases, almost entirely, of you know people in their 30s or mm-hmm. you know maybe 40s, mm-hmm. and they're bringing in somebody from a very different generation right. uh, to work there. It's not um, the, gener- the the generational composition of the nonprofit isn't a criteria though for getting an encore fellow. So we've had encore fellows work in organizations that are much more consist of older people. And there's less regenerational, uh, intergenerational um, process that goes on there, and the Gen to Gen program is more explicitly intended to highlight the working of the generations together, and the Encore Fellowship program is primarily designed. To help the nonprofit be successful got by it. bringing in an experienced social it. people. yeah, it's very related, yeah, but, but a I see the difference,
1: the right, yeah. right. I think uh, getting the two generations to work successfully together is is a noble goal, and of course, a lot of companies are dealing with that issue right now. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the best practices in that area on a, on another one of our shows. Let's talk about the uh, encore people that have uh, done social enterprises. I know there's a former banker who helped a Boys and Girls Club. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how effective that banker was, uh, he or she, and how they helped well, them with the a, new building?
0: Yes. It, yes. It was an African-American man. Um, he was brought in as an Encore fellow because they needed somebody to really run from you know beginning to end a process to raise you know, multiple millions of dollars to build a new
1: facility. So a capital campaign, a capital campaign. Yes,
0: yes, exactly. Um, He had a background in finance and uh, so was perfectly suited for that position. He knew, you know, the whole nuts and bolts of the thing. And he came in there, uh, you know, worked with them on the design of the building, went out and found funders, um, you know, worked. To select the best funders and the best funding mix for the organization, um, you know, to raise the money for it, but also, you know, to come up with the whole structure of the thing, uh, you know, and then supervise the building of the, of the,
1: that's great Spencer, of the building. And, boy, he added and a lot of your, value. That's wonderful. Yeah,
0: left them left them at the end with this new building.
1: That's great. So that's something to be really uh proud of. I think that's fabulous. I know that there was also a conservation program in San Francisco working with youth, right, to retrofit buildings and uh, obviously uh, teaching you know, life. It was skills. Actually
0: in New York. Oh in New was York Actually in okay. New York City, yeah. It was called um I think it was called Green uh Green New York or mm-hmm. something like that. Um Yes, they um, this was an organization is is an organization in New York City that works with younger people who are interested in getting jobs in the uh, green sector. Mm -hmm. Um, And they place they train youth and have them work on building retrofitting, you know, mostly very, um, uh, you know, Blue collar type work, I guess you would say, Uh, but learning Mm -hmm. a skill that Uh is, of course, now in demand and going to be increasingly in demand. Most definitely. Um, And they really needed somebody in that organization um, to help uh, the. um, So recruiting the the youth,
1: right? Recruiting the youth to get more of the kids to come in. Right, mm-hmm. that was that was a part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. But what happened in that situation is sort of interesting, and it, and it reflects the, um, you know, the skill level of Encore Fellows. So they came in, and in the course of within the first few months, the COO of the organization left, and the executive director couldn't run the program without a chief operating officer. Mm-hmm. So she she turned to the Encore Fellow and asked if she would be interested in assuming the COO role. Yeah. As it happened, the person wasn't interested in a long-term commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, They wanted to do the one-year fellowship and then move on, I think, to maybe start their own business uh-huh. um, at the end of it. But what she did was she took on the process of recruiting, uh, you know, um, vetting and hiring of the new coo to allow the organization to continue its work and in the process she actually went to another former encore fellow somebody who had finished her encore fellowship and brought her in Mm -hmm. and over the course of several months and that person was you know the ideal person the executive director Would wanted to have That's great So that she became She became the, uh, you know, COO And then the person who did it Went on to finish her job That she had been recruited there for All
1: Right, now, that's a good so, solution like, Good solution yeah. And, yeah. On, you know, I think there's a cohort of people Who go through these programs That know each other well And it's, uh, it's nice when the older person Can find a role Once they understand the culture And the people They're often the ideal candidate They certainly just select someone else to know who would fit. So that's a good story. What about international? Do they ever go internationally, these folks who win the prize and that are uh, doing this kind of work, these older folks? uh, Can you give an example Uh, of one? Who
0: win an Encore Fellowship? Mm -hmm. Or Um, or the prize itself, the Purpose Prize. The the, the Purpose Prize? Mm -hmm. Yeah, The Purpose Prize is much more so than um, the Encore Fellowships. The Encore Fellowships mostly, um, you know, need somebody who can be in the U.S. location, of course. So that is, they work with organizations in the U.S. that carry out international work. Mm -hmm. The Purpose Prize, though, is wasn't didn't have those constraints. So we were looking for people. After the first couple of years, we decided to expand it to people who are doing international work. And um, we had many purpose Prize winners uh, and even more fellows who were do, who had started um, nonprofits uh, that did work internationally. So um, one example that comes to mind uh, was an Indian gentleman. Who wanted to start a program in India He lives in the US Um, I see him off and on I just got an invitation to an event he's doing He he lives here But he was working with an organization in India That was trying to help villages um, More successfully uh, Conserve and harvest rainwater Mm -hmm. In order to provide a supply of water For the, the residents of these villages and, you know, worked with them, brought resources to them, gave them guidance about the design of how they could do this and put it into place. That's great. That's um, a good,
1: good practical yeah. example, bringing water. I think yeah. that's a wonderful example. And he was able to do it in India, uh, his homeland. So that was a wonderful yep. way to give back to the community. Uh, do you yep. often have people who come to you for these prizes that are uh Professionals, I, I physicians that are looking for a way to extend their their impact. Have you experienced that, that?
0: Well, actually, we've just started a new program that is kind of an extension of the Encore Fellowship. It's called um, Encore Physicians. Um, we're, we're we're working with Kaiser uh, Permanente in. The North Bay of California, that's Mm -hmm. where we're starting. Mm -hmm. Um, And the program there is we're recruiting retired physicians who are interested in working one or two, preferably two, Mm -hmm. days a week in a community health clinic. Oh, good. Um, You know, these are nonprofit clinics that serve largely. People on you know cal California MediCal, mm-hmm. the, the Medicaid program, mm-hmm. um, or uh, or have no insurance whatsoever, mm-hmm. um, and you know don't charge for their services. But um, it's very difficult for those clinics to keep young, to keep in younger. Physicians yeah, we read about this. In, they can't bring younger, young, physicians.
1: younger physicians and getting people to come into those communities. It's a great way for knowledgeable physicians to give back and volunteer their time. I think it's a very smart thing to do. Uh, you know, yeah. finding professionals like that with big hearts. I know working with Cedars-Sinai and UCLA, there were a group of surgeons and doctors who would go down to Mexico on a regular mm-hmm. basis and do surgery. So they have a big heart. They just have to find the right amount of time. And it sounds like Encore can can set, up to set the program up and do the matching so that you're able to give back in the community you want to give to.
0: Right. And the physicians actually get, you know, paid a salary.
1: Mm-hmm. So that works as well. They get some some compensation rather than just volunteering. Um, and they're their bringing
0: time. it in and it's all paid for by medi MediCal.
1: Oh, wonderful. Well, that's a win-win it's all the way around. The
0: clinic it doesn't
1: cost the clinic anything. Yeah, that's really. a really good solution. I'm glad to hear you're doing that. Is there any other industry where you're bringing encore stage people back into another industry to solve a problem like that? Um, well, I mean, mostly
0: primarily the work is with nonprofits, so of course, the nonprofits you know do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could be working in any area in general. Um, it it some It, it does sometimes occur that somebody leaves the corporate sector to do a non court fellowship and then actually goes back into the nonprofit uh, into the for-profit sector oh, but interesting. we're not intentionally yeah, doing, doing that. that no no, no. Yeah. they make it their yeah that's that's
1: okay that's okay that's normal yeah, for yeah. human beings I think I yeah. think people find their soul and their uh, you know their purpose in life sometimes and then they can still go back to the corporate environment but hopefully bring some of that uh, wisdom with them you know as we talk about yeah, the we have uh,
0: talked about you know, we've talked about it, but we haven't implemented anything, although there is an organization in the U.S., and don't ask me for the name because I'm sure I will get it wrong, um, that is doing something similar with lawyers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Good. And, Good.
0: At, at, and, and what they're doing is recruiting retired lawyers um to work in, I mean, it is essentially nonprofit work, but it's non-profit legal work.
1: Right, I have a, um, a colleague who's doing that for immigrants uh, to help them get yes. their immigration uh, with, uh, with uh, lawyers. Some of them are still op- employed, others are, are retiring. I think it's great to be able to reuse those professionals. Jim, we're coming down to the end of uh, the, the time for the interview. I wanted to save some time for you to tell us a little bit about a difficult decision that you've had to make in your career or in your life, and what were the factors you had to consider in that decision? How did you well, weigh them?
0: Um, you know, there are many decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, most recently, I made a decision to cut back my time at Encore to be able to be a more engaged grandfather. Ah, good uh, for you! And I have four grandchildren and a fifth one on the way. Oh. Um, but the one that I think is probably more emblematic was the decision to leave the work that I was doing and come to encore dot
1: org
0: mm. fifty five at the time I had been at another uh national nonprofit organization for i think eighteen years, something like that. I was the chief operating officer there um and uh you know just kind of knew the the work of that organization after I've been there so many years, sure. you know, backwards and forwards and could practically do it in my sleep.
1: Right. So um, it was a good time to but, maybe leave and do something new, a new challenge. Was that the thing? Well, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I felt like
0: I wanted to do something that would reinvigorate me, uh, you know, that would give me, uh, you know, some new skills, right? Um, learn something new, but it was very difficult to do. I mean, I had a lot of friends at that organization You know, they needed me there. Um, uh, You know, I didn't want to disappoint people by leaving, you know, and I wasn't sure, you know, what would happen, you know, with the role that I was playing there. Um, you know, I was confident, of course, that they'd find somebody I wasn't, you know, like irreplaceable in any sense. Right. But I felt really, uh, it was a really tough decision. And well, that's I a agonized
1: good, good example. applying for it. Good example, Jim. Yeah. I really appreciate your sharing that. And as an older person, when you were deciding that. Well, that was uh, very helpful. Uh, this, we've been talking about Encore.org. We want to thank Jim for being on the show with us today. That's Jim Emmerman and it's Encore.org to find out more about the fellowship and the prize i want to uh, thank everyone for listening to the deciders with Renee Frazier. And remind people that Fraser Communications is a full service advertising and communications firm with social, digital, and traditional media, as well as great creative that gets results. If you're interested in our firm, contact us at FraserCommunications.com. We also have our interviews, besides running on uh, 790 KABC We have them as podcasts available at FraserCommunications.com and wherever you find your podcasts Thank you for listening. Have a great week ahead and thank you from the deciders with Renee Frazier this show is
0: pre-recorded and furnished by Frazier Productions